to Ninehurst Podcast. Uh, this is a look back in 2005. Uh, for those who missed 2004, did it a few weeks ago. Uh, it's basically like a look back because we've reached about 15 years of the Ninehurst Podcast, I think, in September or October time. So really, um, it's a look back at the bands that have been important for the website and the podcast and the forum and the people we've met through it and the bands we've met through it. So um, we've started off there with um really important band for Nine Hertz and... Um, the, the one that have kept cropping up now and again through our history, that's Truck Fighters. Um, and we started with a song off um, 2005's album, uh, Gravity X. Um, they played Sheffield um, possibly um, plus, possibly a few times, but there's one that um, sort of gig that sort of stands out, really. Uh, and that's the one where we put them on the grapes and we put them up at our house. and Just a really, really nice band. That was a, a track called um, Subfloor. And really... Um, it kind of marks um, 2005 really succinctly because um, not only did um, this become the year that the forum really took off, uh, which kind of dates us now, but you know, that's 15 years ago. Um, yeah, it kind of really kicked off the forum uh, in putting on gigs uh, under the Nine Hertz banner. So not only were we in Lincoln and Sheffield putting on gigs, but people in Leicester, people down south were putting on gigs all over the place and putting on some really interesting bands as well. So we've just been looking at. Um, a few of these these old gigs. I mean, the first one I think that we sort of put a name to, and certainly kind of rings out a few memories for um, I'm sure a few members of the forum um, was um, one in Southend on Sea. I mean, uh, we we didn't go to this. Me and Pete and uh, and the rest of the Nine Hertz crew up in Sheffield didn't attend this one. But Truck Fighters played with Obiat Giacano and El Camino Supercharger um, in May 2005. A place called Chinneries uh, in Southend on Sea, which I've never been to, but. That is important because um, it's t- it turns out that um, that was the first of, say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight gigs that year that had the um, the Nine Hertz banner. So um, this is what I love about Nine Hertz. Even in the start, we were kind of very um, sort of all over the place in terms of genre. So not only did we um, sort of put a name to the two Truck Fighters gigs that took place in Southend and then in Leicester, which I think um, Pete actually attended. We'll talk about that more in the um, kind of the really the really big episode we're going to do maybe in a few weeks' time. Um, but we also put our name to one in um, in Sheffield, in Cornwall, um, and in Bradford on Avon, um, and that was every, everywhere between kind of uh, bands like Future Ex Wife and Vat of Fat and Caster Troy uh, on the heavier end of stuff, and then like Dirty Blood, Outburst, uh, bands like Iron Hearse. Um, Sada and uh, Gardenia Sky. So it really went from like stone rock kind of uh, vibes to um, something rather more heavy um, in that year alone. So really important to kind of start off with something so um, so exciting really as um, as, as truck fighters really. Because truck fighters, um, for those who are uh, uninitiated uh, with truck fighters, it's kind of stone rock but kind of done with a pace to it that you don't really get with um, with many other bands of that ilk. Um, I think they're still going, and you know they're certainly one of the most interesting bands on the scene still. They've uh, released album after album of uh, really good stuff, but Gravity X is possibly one of the most important albums uh, we hold dear at Nine Hertz. So, to the rest of the um, podcast, we're going to talk about 2005. Um, really important year for me, um, because um, Flatlands was formed uh, sort of late that year. Um, we're not going to be playing any Flatlands uh, this episode, because I think we're going to sort of save that for... Uh, when we did the album perhaps but um it certainly was the start of um the sort of five years of, of heavy gigging for me so i got to see so many bands and so many um interesting people we met along the way 
really, this is almost like a, another celebration, really. We're sort of so proud of reaching 15 years that it's really important to kind of put together a few a few bands that sort of um, still stay in the mind. And with that in mind, I'm going to play um, a song from uh, a very important band um, called Army Flying Robots. Uh, they were sort of uh, quite a, a big reason for me kind of getting into like the Nottingham scene. Um, I remember seeing one of the first gigs at um, Morrowfest. I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. Um, but really, they just got better and better as time went on. And um, I, I really sort of appreciate what they did. So I'm going to play um, a song that's uh, off uh, their split with Taint, actually. Uh, they did um, a fantastic split seven inch release on Superfy Records, and um, I feel like this was like a turning point for them really because before it had been quite scrappy, quite sort of um, hardcore punk inspired. Like um, they they sound a little bit like Strife. I know they used to cover Strife and and they're sort of like very fast and, and everything like that. But um, the two tracks on the um, split with a, a band called Taint, uh, In the Shadow of the Swine, and Embodiment. Um, we're just something else. I mean, Embodiment is um, the one we're not going to play, and that's got a load of piano in the end. Um, really, really interesting. But in The Shadow of Swine, it, it just kind of takes their production to the next level and kind of rounds them out as a band. I always loved this band. Um, sort of members have gone on to be in Moloch and uh, various other heavy bands, but um, Henry's vocals in particular are really interesting on this, and um, he always put extensive liner notes in. So he not only did uh, sort of reprinted the lyrics... But he also pre- uh, printed sort of like what the songs meant to him b- behind that. So there was um, there was funny bits um, here and there. So uh, there's a song about going to see um, a midnight showing of Nosferatu um, and seeing some goths um, bringing some snacks. Uh, that's the goths bought revels and I felt cheated. Um, down to like really quiet political stuff. So there's a few tracks um, that are kind of um, about gun control. And um, there's a lot of songs about... Um, politics and the fiasco that is politics um in the shadow of swine um i think it just kind of sums them up as a band and yeah it's just two minutes of um raw emotion so yeah enjoy this
explosive stab of uh, Army of Flying Robots. Uh, you can get a discography from superfirerecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, really important label that's still going to this day, um, probably um, older than Nine Hertz actually. Uh, Kunal uh, Nandi is an amazing bloke. Uh, plays in Savage Realm at the moment, a lovely death metal band uh, who are playing Supersonic. Uh, the weekend just passed um, at the time of sort of recording. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, Superfire Records were very, very important. So they released uh, not only my own band stuff, but um, the likes of uh, Narcosis, Melt Banana, Taint, Army Flying Robots, um, and countless, countless others. They've kind of like been a backbone of hardcore in this country for a long, long time, and uh, sort of alternative weirder music. And uh, Canal's always had a really interesting distro. Um, so if you uh, j- just go and check out the uh, Bandcamp, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be pleased. Um, you can actually get a digital uh, discography of about 70 releases for about £15 at the moment as well. So drop Canal uh, some money, why don't you? Um, so we're going to play, um, a re- I'll just mention them. So Taint. Um, really important band. They released this album uh, right at the start of uh, 2005, I think. So um, it kind of blew a lot of eardrums at the time and um, was a really important record for for kind of like stoner rock and hardcore kind of crossing over. Um, Jim Bob uh, has been on to be in a band called Hark, uh, who are just as good, if not better. And um, yeah, Taint, Taint sort of like um, worked like... Um, like hell, to be honest, for years and years before they got some sort of deal, uh, they did a few albums and I think a few splits uh, before they became uh, a relatively household name. Um, I remember seeing them open Damnation once and I thought, you know what, they've kind of made it. They ended up being uh, very good friends with Clutch and uh, managed to um, tour with them a few times and I think they've collaborated on records together. They've um, certainly uh, become famous in recent years because of Jim Bob's artwork, so uh, you'll sort of see that on a lot of bands' releases and a lot of posters too. Um, I think the um, the initial kind of graphic design uh, was already in place uh, when they released this. Um, the, um, the cover actually features Ian, uh, who went on to be in The Death of Her Money, now known as The Death of Money, uh, and I think, if I'm right, in uh, in that sort of anecdotal kind of um, looking back, I think it might be with his sister on the front of this record. So, yeah, interesting little fact there. Um, these are actual people on the front. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play Drunken Marksman because it's um, it's frankly like, it just shows off uh, Jim Bob's guitar work, uh, the amazing drums, and just, just how good they were, really. I think it, they'll probably go down in history as one of those bands that, you know, if you knew them, you knew what you were getting and you absolutely thought they should have been bigger. Um, but um, yeah, I think for the for the sort of hundreds that uh, knew them, um, the sort of go down in history has, has just been one of those bands that we always wanted to be in. And uh, certainly always wanted to see. They were absolutely phenomenal live. They always brought their A game, as it were. Um, and yeah, just really, really impressive. So yeah, going to sort of uh, stop sort of spouting... Um, superlatives about them to be honest because they speak for themselves uh, this is drunken marksman <laughs>
amazing taint. Uh, we're going to sort of play a song uh, from a band called Chickenhawk, who um, have just come back. Actually, they um, they changed their name to Hawkeyes in about I don't know about two thousand and eight or nine, um, and sort of um, yeah, they they did really well for themselves. But uh, those early days um, in Leeds and Sheffield um, and all over the place, really, um, three piece uh, from Leeds just 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 I can't really put into words how good they were kind of an absolute storm live uh, and on record uh, equally amazing so um yeah we're going to play a um, a song called kerosene which actually first appeared on their demo in 2005 so uh haven't been able to track down the demo i think i've got it on cdr somewhere but i've got no way of uh, transferring it to um to mp3 so um i've managed to find uh the version they put on their album um which uh, which came out a few years later and um and it it still has the energy but i think that demo just had some like really raw stuff on it so the album's called um modern bodies and um yeah it's almost like um yeah just it's it's very melvin's it's very sort of uh influenced by maybe faith no more um bands like that um i know that the um the band were big fans of kind of just old school metal as well uh as well as kind of uh punk and um, it really came across as a mishmash of, of stars and you can kind of tell that from from what's going on here um i would urge if you can if you can if you can find the demo then you're, you're better than me at tracking down these kind of things but um i would urge finding that first demo because it's just like a band at their most raw before they got into a, a real studio really so um yeah this is um a song called kerosene and i think it was always kind of like a live staple the abiding memory I've got of this band, um, as well as the fantastic live shows, is uh, their use of um, sort of roving radio mics, to be honest. So I once played the Red House, which is now a Tesco um, in uh, Solly Street in Sheffield, uh, surrounded by student accommodation now. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember one of the guitarists um, just started walking down the street with his uh, guitar on, and uh, one of our uh, one of our nine hertz staffers, uh, Ben. Uh, followed him out of the um, venue thinking um, he was just walking out the gig and, and that was that um, and he sort of urged him to go back inside but then I think when he realised he was um, just on the radio mic he kind of realised oh wait this is part of the Mad Chicken Hawk show um, they were like um, demonic toddlers I'd say at the time um, so really miss these guys and um, yeah hope to see them again um, playing soon um, they're sort of known as Hawkeyes now, so um, we'll probably see them on the live circuit very soon. So, yeah, this is um, back in 2005. This is Kerosene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, one of the bands that really meant a lot to me uh, during about 2005 and certainly produced one of the albums for me from uh, 2005 was uh, Snowblood and uh, their album Being and Becoming. So a Glaswegian band, um, doom in the sort of loosest sense um, in the fact that they played slow, but they had um, a bit of a social conscience to them and I think they all came from like, uh, definitely came from a punk background. So Being and Becoming is a sprawling kind of uh, real sort of effort in uh, sort of songwriting and really kind of puts um, a lot of the doom that was being played around that time to shame really in, in its sort of expanse and its kind of um, its ambition I think so we're going to play a song called Call Off The Search it's a really haunting one but also on this album you've got a sort of two minute sort of crusty sort of banger called Year of the Bastard and really it's like it's that diversity on this record that really shines through and Snowblood were always absolutely punishing live and uh, I'm just glad that I got to see them a fair few times. Um, Being and Becoming is is a really long record, it's, it's one to spend a lot of time with but it's got some amazing lyrics on it, really sort of deeply felt uh, and sort of beautifully delivered so it goes from kind of like a crooning kind of delivery to um, a very sort of heavy emotional sort of um sound as well and uh, they always kind of crushed it live there was it was just like a perfect um ear splitting sound that they had and it, it really sort of says a lot for uh, you know how ahead of the time they were i think it was around the time when post metal was possibly taking off but this felt like a different uh, breed uh, and certainly very unique yeah i hope people really get a lot out of it because uh, i certainly did in 2005 
that was Snowblood, and uh, yeah, from the from the atmospheric, we're going to go to sort of like the um, the life affirming. And I don't think I could have actually uh, done a two thousand and five podcast without mentioning Red Star Parade, and I know that this means a lot to a lot of people in Leeds and Sheffield and um, and Lincoln, to be honest, these days and and London. Uh, they got about a fair bit. Not quite sure how many years they were together, but uh, we first played with this band, uh, Flatlands, and well, possibly Throne, played with this band uh, at the Fenton in Leeds, um, possibly the Pack Horse, actually. Yeah, the Pack Horse. And um, yeah, they really struck me as as being really exciting. And um, I remember reading a review before we even met, and uh, they said, you know, it's like a very sort of like downtrodden kind of... Um, riff-led kind of thing uh with a guy in burton's clothes uh, on vocals and <laughs> you know i think um they'll be the first to admit that that was absolutely true um matt who was on vocals for this band um used to roam around in in sort of like the kind of clothes you'd find on um, people sort of having fights and um, throwing kebabs at each other on a saturday night in leeds city center um but for for the life of it, me, he was a fucking amazing frontman, uh, amazing voice, amazing scream, really passionate, and uh, certainly threw himself around the stage um, with no uh, sort of um, thought for himself really. Um, the rest of the band, Charlie, Kev, and uh, Big Matt, as we possibly called him at the time, um, playing like a, a real fusion between uh, sort of like hardcore punk and just big riffs from um you know the likes of Caven maybe um and um little bits of neurosis like maybe in there as well like very sort of dynamic uh, stuff really uh still sounds unlike any other band really at the, at the heart of it and um their their album disco kind of was the closest you could kind of get to seeing them live live was another uh, another story altogether they were absolutely brilliant at the time and uh, yeah, we actually managed to tour with them uh, towards the tail end of 2005. Don't know how we did it because um, I'm pretty sure Kev uh, drove to and from every gig on that tour. Whereas we stayed on floors and uh, in people's flats and in spare beds and all sorts. Um, yeah, so I mean, amazing memories of Red Stars. Um, still friends to this day, I'd say. Um, don't see them as often as we should, but you know. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, 2005 was certainly packed with amazing music, as you probably gathered. Um, but this is possibly like my highlight of the time. I think I was going to play a really long one. Um, they've got one called um, World's Greatest Tiger Train. It's almost 10 minutes long. Um, and they've also got um, a song called Zemanova, which is, is almost like their hit. But I just wanted to play this track because this one always reminds me of seeing them live and always reminds me of the energy that um, sort of was there. So I haven't listened to this in a very long time and it's uh, it's been amazing to go back through it. So this is El Retardo uh, and it's off Disco by Red Stars Parade. You can find this at redstarsparade.bandcamp.com and it's a free download, so go and get it now. 